Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1977's Pumping Iron, directed by George Butler and Robert Fiore, and starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I watched uh, To Live and Die in L.A. There was a screening here in town at the Alamo Draft House, and I got to watch it. Um, that movie is... Man, that movie's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's just a great time. I, I loved going there, and I loved like we we were talking last week about Primal Fear and kind of the movies that are hard to find now. Yeah. Um, to Live and Die in L.A. is another one of those where you're just watching it, going, "Wow, they really don't make this kind of film anymore." When did that come out? 1985. 85. Yeah. Okay. But it's like, so it's not like the 90s genre crime filmmaking we were talking about, right? But it's still that mid-range, mid-budget thing that like for whatever reason studios just refuse to to get behind it's either a massive tentpole film or it's like something you know highly artistic and right. there's just nothing that like can there's nothing there's no mid-range anymore yeah i mean we can we can tell people to get off our lawn as much as we want dave yeah. but it's not gonna help i mean um, I, I i guess since we have this show we'll just keep doing that we'll keep doing it yeah and, yeah and eventually someone will listen someone listening to this will say you know what i will make a movie like that exactly you know they and will go out yes they'll start a studio change the industry for the better and we will get no credit boy uh the circle of life <laughs> as most podcasters do <laughs> yeah <laughs> all of a sudden I'm we'll very get depressed. one more listener yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome man I caught a film called Clear Cut from 1991. Okay. Have you heard of this? No. It's um, it's a Native American revenge survival film. Um, it takes place in 1991. There's a, like a logging company that has like a land dispute with the Osage tribe that's living there. And, okay. You know, and th- you know how these things go. They never work out for the people who are supposed to be there, right? Yeah. So the tribe is fighting them. They've got a lawyer to help them and they're losing the case and- one of the guys decides to take matters into his own hands. And the movie's about how far you go trusting people before you do that. Okay. And uh, when do you stop talking and take action? And is it ever appropriate to do that? And it gets into those kind of philosophical issues with that. Yes. Um, there's some really good tension in the film and some actually pretty good thrills and some pretty disturbing shit in it too, actually. Right. Um, it's a weird kind of thriller from the very early 90s that i think is excellent okay i yeah. i can't believe i haven't heard of yeah, it yeah like it's not a masterpiece but it just really blew me away from what i was expecting okay yeah wow cool um and it's got graham green in it and he's excellent as yes. always so uh check out clear cut everybody got it all right so now let's talk about pumping iron dave why don't you give everyone a synopsis yes uh so this is a documentary that focuses on competitive bodybuilding Um, a subject most people in the 1970s didn't have a connection with because at that time, most normal people weren't going to the gym. Yeah. Um, The central character in the film was Arnold Schwarzenegger, regarded by everyone in the industry at the time as the best to ever do it. And on its own, this movie tells a compelling story of a subject that hadn't gotten a lot of coverage. But when we watch it today, knowing the direction Arnold's life went, you appreciate it much more because it shows you what kind of ambition and determination he had even before he was an actor or a politician. Um, it's also led to many in-jokes over the years between Scott and I. <laughs> so uh, this is a very special yes. episode of Dudes on Movies. So strap in, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you're going to feel the pump, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Dave and I have been going back and forth on this movie for a decade. 
Uh, we both love it. The, the first time I saw it was you let me your DVD. Yep. It was excellent, everybody. <laughs> um, one thing, like, I'm glad you mentioned it. It's a documentary about the world of competitive bodybuilding. Yes. It's not a documentary about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. He is just one of the primary characters in the film. And he just happened to become the most famous person in the universe. Exactly. Yeah, so, I know. Exactly. Yeah. And and they caught him right before it happened. Yeah. Like right before he really took off and just became like this supernova. Yep. Um, he was already like the star of of a very specific niche interest, competitive bodybuilding. Everyone in that industry knew who he was, but that was that was the extent of his fame. Yeah. You he- know. Yeah, he was a seven-time Mr. Olympia, which is like the professionals. We'll get into all the kind of inside baseball stuff once we're talking about this, yes. everybody. But yeah, he won it seven times in a row, which means he was the number one bodybuilder professionally in the world for seven years straight. Okay, uh, one correction. He, oh. won, he won seven titles, six in a row. Oh. His, his seventh title came in 1980 when he made a comeback. Okay. Okay, yes, that's he right. won it and from 1970 to 75. There was a lot of controversy about that, yes. too. Um, yes, I don't know much about it. I just know there's a controversy. Well, and there's controversy about the one that we see in this film as yes. well. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and what I think we can do as well, because Scott and I know this movie inside and out, um, we've also like um, digested all the behind-the-scenes material that was on the DVD release from 20, 20 years ago. Um, I think the best way to do it would probably be to like talk about the documentary, and then we'll talk about like behind-the-scenes stuff yeah. like, in the second half yeah. of the show. I've only watched that stuff once a oh, while okay. ago, so you probably are more well-versed than I am, Got but it. I'll defer to you. Thank you. Cool. Um, so the movie opens with, it's Arnold, and is it Franco Colombo? Yeah. They are in a ballet lesson, like learning how to move their body gracefully and stuff. And yes. It's a great image because these are like hulks, man. <laughs> like literally Lou Ferrigno is in this movie and he played the Incredible he plays Hulk. plays the Incredible like, Hulk. Right. These are hulking men. Yep. And there's this little petite ballet woman showing them how to move and stuff. And it's not played for laughs or anything. It's just a great image, I yeah. think. And they're intently learning from her, like, okay, I got to move like this. Because in the competition, you pose and you move and you have to look graceful and strong, you know. Um, So they're taking it very seriously. And they understand it kind of on two levels. One, that like you said, um, they they need to know how to pose because like the the judges are looking at them at all times and they need to have, you know, like uh, symmetry of their muscles, but also like, you know, they need to have graceful movements. But they also understand that ballet is for not only the graceful, but the very physically strong. Yeah. Um, And so she's an authority on this. I'm going to listen to her. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. These men are twice her size. Oh, and they're just like, yeah. Show me, please. I want to learn. You get a real sense of just like Arnold's mass in this scene because like, you know, like she's standing there like, you know, saying, oh, yeah, can you lift your arm like this? And he goes, "Uh, yeah. And she goes, now make sure you look up. And he goes, look up. And like she lifts her arm (laughs) and it's like this pipe cleaner next to this just like, you know, (laughs) whatever the hell he's got on his body. A tree stump. Yes, exactly. And I mean, like, and, and. He's doing the same movements as she is, and he's uh-huh. he's trying to be as graceful as her, and he's succeeding. But dude, you know, I know it's just yeah, it's funny to watch. But it's awesome. <laughs> like the, these guys is lats. Like they look like flying squirrels. I you know. know when they're like <laughs> reaching out. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't know about you. Do you pose when you're watching this movie? Sure, I do it. Yeah, of course. I'll, they'll be like striking a pose or doing a move, and I, I catch myself doing it. 
I'm like, thank God I'm not in a theater or so because <laughs> I'm like posing while I'm watching I mean, this. <laughs> you, you have to hit a double bicep at yeah, some point. Yeah, the double bicep, man. Um, you know, but and you, you mentioned like the the. The, the lat spread obviously is 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 a big one too. I mean, like I I, I think I do that unintentionally even when I'm not yeah, watching pumping. Right. Yeah. Um, because when you're I'll, in the mirror sometimes yeah, you gotta sure, just exactly. do it. Exactly. You know? or, or when I'm just walking or sitting in a meeting at work, I'll realize my posture isn't isn't great at the moment. So I just kind of yeah. gotta like this, and then all of a sudden I'm oh look at that I'm muscular again. It's like <laughs> right. I mean I've straightened my back exactly. You know, <laughs> and I know that because of pumping iron. Chest out. Yes. Yep. yep. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's a great opening, but really now. With the the real openings at Gold's Gym in Venice, California. Well, before that, we get that great, well, you know, like yeah. you know, musical. Okay. And I know we can't go through every frame of the right, film, yeah. but like the the opening, the opening song. Yeah. Um, it's obviously very dated. Um, <laughs> and but you will still be singing it like days yeah, afterward because like it's just it gets in your ear. It's someone saying, you know, pumping up, <laughs> pumping iron. <laughs> And, there's this, like, and it's this like 70s music, like electric company bullshit. 70s funk, <laughs> funk disco stuff. But it's just like the the laziest funk. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> I know. Exactly. They could barely be bothered to be funky, man. It's, it's just like, you know. And and I like it because it's it's accompanied by like clips of, uh, you know, like bodybuilding it's stuff. It's like old muscle men, you yeah, know. Yeah. It's like, Not yeah. even bodybuilders, just muscle men muscle from like men. The, the, the 20s and 30s. And, yes. Yeah. I know. Yeah, like the, like these exhibitions they had yeah. of like, you know, guys, uh, you know. Uh, they were like a strong man at a yeah, circus or right. something. And, you know? and there'd be like a phonograph and they're, and they're you know, kind of going, hup, hup, yep. hup, you know. Yep. Great stuff. It's awesome. While this funky music is playing. <laughs> and there's like vaudeville dudes on the screen. Yes. It's excellent. I know. It's so cool. But yeah, we, we go to Venice, California, where uh-huh. Gold's Gym started, right? Like yeah. this is the first Gold's Gym. I've seen it. Yeah. Have you been there? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone in. I haven't gone in myself. I just drove past. But I've been to Muscle Beach, and it's packed with muscles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they say in this the documentary, there's not a lot of um, like documentarian voiceover work in this film. There's not really a ton. Um, you, well, I mean, Charles Gaines like narrates the, yeah. the, you know, a lot of, yeah, exactly. He comes in and like, then you'll forget it's around, and then like uh, forty-five minutes later, he's like he comes in with that soft voicing, and you're like, "Oh, that's right, Charles Gaines yeah. is here." Yeah, you know? that's right. <laughs> and then he goes away for another forty minutes. Exactly, <laughs> yes. it's really sporadic. But that's great because the content of the film is so engaging. Yes. Like, and the, everything the people are saying, like, there, there's quite a few characters in this right. film, man. Not just Arnold. And I realize now that, like, I think that's when he comes in is is like when a new character is introduced to be like, you know, Franco yeah. Colombo. You know, uh, right. 170 pounds from right. Sardinia. You know, and it's yeah, like, yeah, that's that's mostly what it is. Yeah, <laughs> um, but we meet Arnold here. He's shaking everyone's hand and stuff, I guess, because he's the top dog. You know, he's been the champion for so long. Everyone in the bodybuilding community knows this guy, and they worship this guy. They defer to him at every turn. They do. It's almost like they're his lackeys. He not, is not entirely, but no, yeah, because yeah, it's like he is their god. Like he is an unquestioned, like what he says goes. I mean, he is, he is number one at all times, Yeah. but they also like, th- there's a couple times where, where like people will like maybe just argue with him a little bit or, um, you know, in, in some, in some scenes where it's, uh, he's just visiting with people. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's obvious that they all like him and that, and yeah. he is, he's just a really popular When it's more guy. casual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. When he's out doing stuff like where he's getting attention and being seen like he turns on the star power. Yes, he does. And then he starts acting in a way 
like Arnold. Right. You know, he has this persona about him he has to live up to, you know. He is the best, and I believe I'm the best, and that's why I'm the best. It's amazing to watch him do what you just said mm-hmm. and and know that nine years from now, he will be the biggest movie star on earth. Yep. A guy with uh, that doesn't have an acting background, you know. And I know Arnold has always said, like, Acting has been kind of one of his goals, right? Yeah. Has it always been his goal? I mean, that's why he moved to California. Was it because of bodybuilding in California was huge? So he moved there. Like, I, I don't know his full trajectory or story entirely, but he's always had massive ambitions. Yes. So maybe once he did bodybuilding, he's like, hey, I need to get into the movies. You know? Well, it was difficult to find detailed information about this, but apparently at some point in 1969, Arnold and Franco started a very successful construction business yes. in California, yeah. which they eventually sold, and this enabled them to focus solely on bodybuilding. Right. And before that, they were living with Joe Weider, um, like in his, you know, in his place. They, they He had a place for them, and they were competing like in Mr. Olympia at the time, because he won Mr. Okay. Olympia before he went to, or I'm sorry, he Mr. Universe? Mr. Universe, before he won Mr. Olympia. So Mr. Universe, everyone, is the amateur competition. Yes. And Mr. Olympia is professional. Right. Yeah. He, he won competitions in Germany yes. and everything before he came to the States. He was junior Mr. Europe, I think, was his first title. His first title. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yes, exactly. That sounds like someone's last title, I, you know? Like, I, I, it should be like... I know. That, I would die happy if that was where if, I ended. If that was your crowning <laughs> achievement? I know, exactly. Right, yeah. At least give Mike Katz that title. Come on. <laughs> that poor bastard. With his I love him in this oh, movie. Oh, man, I know. We'll get the Mike in a minute. But, <laughs> but yeah, so we inter- we're introduced to Arnold, and he's just this Goliath, golden god of muscle, you know? Yes. He, he's just introduced right away. Like, he's the best. He's the guy to beat. You know, when you see him training, there's a moment where he, he's doing a, a dumbbell fly. You, you see him, like, laying down. Yeah. And the, oh the, my God. it's focused on his face. Like, the camera is down almost by his crotch, yeah. looking up <laughs> yes. between his pectoral muscles. Right. Because, you, yeah, you see his pecs kind of, like, like uh, flex Yeah, they're, like, bit. going in and out. They compress in and out, like <laughs> popoids. And... You know when when you're when you're doing weight training or you're just lifting weights, yeah, and and like it gets to like you're you're gonna do a set of ten, and on the eighth rep you you're starting to feel it, and oh, then yeah. the, the last two is just like, you know, yeah, he gets to that point at the the point, and he does like six more reps, yeah, like that's yeah that's what Arnold's about, that's what all these guys are it about. is, and he explains it. He's like, when you hit that point, that's when you start to build muscle. Not before. That's what he says. So you keep going. And if you can't go through this pain period, forget it. Yeah. He says. Yeah. Um, it, it's what separates someone who's a champion from one who is not a champion. <laughs> it's terrifying. Of course he's talking about himself. It's terrifying. Yes. You know? I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> we, we could we could talk literally all night long about the psychology of Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't know fully what he's going to like unleash upon the world in some you know a few years (laughs) but he has some he has a vision for it certainly and he wants it to happen um so yeah yeah (laughs) he comes back later in the film but not before leaving us with this advice or this information about the pump um he says it's the greatest feeling you can get in the gym it's as satisfying to me as coming I'm getting the feeling of coming at the gym, at home. I'm coming all day. I'm coming all night. So I'm in heaven. I don't know if that's the exact quote, but that's basically what he says. He talks about coming 24-7. 
And this this line, like, just, I mean, it, well, I, I think I used the expression off the top rope a few weeks ago. It, it is that, like, you're watching this movie for the first time. You <laughs> yeah. have no idea what it is. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, in a voiceover, like, you see him working out in the gym. And in the voiceover with, like, some, some odd music behind it, he starts talking about the pump. Yep. And the pump <laughs> is like being with a woman and coming. Yes. And imagine my... And then he says that, like he says uh, that that it's. Imagine my uh, my pleasure. I'm 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 coming in the gym. I'm coming backstage when I pump up. I'm coming on the stage when I pose. Oh my I'm God. coming day and night. This movie, everybody. This is, is like four minutes in. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like okay. This movie is rated PG. Yeah. And it features Arnold Schwarzenegger spending 60 seconds describing an <laughs> orgasm in graphic detail. And then you see at least 25% of Ed Corny's penis when he's showering in the after the yeah. workout. Yeah. Like a PG movie. Yeah. This is what it was like in 1977. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's smoking a joint at one point <laughs> and they're drinking. Can you imagine the description of the Disney Plus when you when you put oh, the yeah. stream on? I mean, like it would have like I'll just everything. was this on Disney Plus? No, it's not. Okay. But I'm just I just mean that like if you actually were to rent it on a streaming service, like what the kind of stuff they would do, you know like oh my god. Yeah, I mean they would do something to this. <laughs> but yeah, dude, and then you see him like he's like doing an exhibition in a prison, and he's like flexing, and he has this woman take his shirt off for him. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like her eyes are drooling yes yes like, <laughs> i know i know exactly exactly yeah and, and then this other guy's like hey give me a kiss you know i mean because because he kisses the lady on yeah. the cheek and he says hey look maybe she hasn't had a she's like a female inmate right and she probably hasn't had a kiss in a few years i gave her yeah. a break and you hear him hey yeah. give me a kiss yeah and then the arnold's he's la- they're all laughing yeah having fun right yeah and then there's a couple guys looking at him he's like man you got a beautiful body man just like <sighs> it's so it's like everyone is enraptured by this it's guy. It's so bizarre. Like the, <laughs> yes. the, these like hard dudes at this maximum security prison are looking at this guy who's posing for them and talking about what a beautiful body he has. Yeah. And he's and he's just and they go on for a little while. You know, the guy's got a beautiful body and he's like, yeah, yeah. he is. That guy's a big dude. They won't stop talking no, about it. No, <laughs> they just keep going. And I mean, it's okay to just admire this body. I, it's incredible, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. But like these a hardened criminal like this, like they don't behave like that usually. I, I, I mean, can't believe they. Maybe find times him have so changed, but this is 1977, right? 75 is when it was filmed. It was filmed in 75. Yeah. Like they were harder then. I mean, it, it was like <laughs> right, it was yeah. it was worse right. then. This yeah. is like this is like Attica times. Yeah, you know. So I mean, like I, I just can't believe they find him this fascinating. It's like you see Bigfoot, man. <laughs> like I'm, I swear to God, that's what it's like. I know. You'd be like, holy shit. That's true. That's true. <laughs> You're right. He is kind of just an otherworldly creature. I think um, he wore the Patterson-Gimlin suit, actually. <laughs> I mean, he was in California at the time. It's true. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. He was from Europe, though, so he was definitely he was revealed as a Yeti. <laughs> yes, he's a Yeti. Exactly. <laughs> um, so now, um, and like Arnold gives pointers to guys, too, in the gym. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we're talking about how he's kind of arrogant and stuff, but like... He does help some people, but then he like sabotages other people. It's very strange yeah. because like in, in these moments where he's helping people, um, I start I start to kind of believe what he said, you know, years later about like what he really was like. Yeah, um, I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, this is an know, eighty-five minute documentary. Yeah, I doubt we got the whole picture of Arnold. Of course. Yeah. 
Um, because there, there is that one, there's that guy with the curly blonde hair, the mm-hmm. kind of small guy yeah. who is like, he's talking in voiceover about how he idolized Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. and he, he just wanted to be like him. And by the way, this guy is probably the same age as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, it's so weird that like all these people are like, Oh, I can't believe growing up watching Arnold Schwarzenegger. The guy's 28 years old. How yeah. old are you? <laughs> um, you know, right. Yeah. I mean, but like he, he's talking about how he looked at him in all the, in the muscle magazines. And he said, you know, like, uh, I, I, if I can't be as big as him, I want to at least try to look like him. And he's, he's showing Arnold his posing routine. Yeah. And Arnold is 6'2", uh, 240. This guy is probably, you know, 5'4", you know, yeah. 160. And Arnold tells him, um, he essentially gives him the advice he was he should have given Franco Colombo. Yeah. Which was, um, look confident. Because, like, you know, the, I guess the guy the guy does his bicep pose. Yeah. And, like, he kind of uh, hides away when he poses. And Arnold yeah. says, no, don't do that. Like, open, open it up. all the way up. You know, like. Cause, open up. Show them. Exactly. Look yeah. confident. Yeah. And he, he's really like being helpful in coaching this I guy. I kind of broke it down to when he's not competing directly with someone, that's when he helps them. But when okay. he is kind of in yeah. the running with people, he kind of becomes an asshole. I see. Yeah. That's a that's, saboteur. Yeah. Um, that's a good distinction. I, I So most of the time he probably is helping people, I yeah. imagine. Like he has to be. He can't be going around all the time pranking people, giving bad advices to people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Bad advices. I love it. It's another inside <laughs> joke here. We'll get to it, I yes, guess. But, yes. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and now we meet more bodybuilders, right? Uh-huh. We meet Mike Katz. Poor Mike Katz. <laughs> He's a, uh, isn't he like a junior high school teacher? Yes. This guy looks like a Yeti. Like he's, <laughs> he's Bigfoot dude. with Hulk Hogan's haircut. I mean, dude. Yeah, like, we got to talk about Mike Katz's hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, like a pearl onion. You know, like <laughs> it does. Oh I mean, it, it's just like the most like stringy bullshit. And I'm just like, dude, why don't you just? I I know it wasn't in fashion at the time, but look, there are. You know what? Poor yeah. Mike, because I find him sympathetic for a lot of reasons. I but love it, him. I just realized in this moment, part of it is that he didn't have bald heroes like I do. Right, you know, yeah, he doesn't yeah. live in 2023. There was no Jason Statham, like you know, movie star who looked like that. Right, exactly. This was pre Terry Bollea. Exactly. Yeah. You, you had to just take that that like really, uh, I mean, gross looking hair and slot, and you know, like I guess Gallagher. I mean, but <laughs> that's not much. No, Gallagher was not a hero. I mean, Gallagher was not a masculine ideal. You know, that's true. <laughs> so that's yeah, true. Mike was up against it. Yeah, Mike had, and you know what? I think that's why they play him like this in the movie. Yes, because he 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 has that look. His demeanor is very, uh, he's very domestic compared to everyone else. You know, like yeah, and he he's very kind. He's the teacher. Yeah, and they show him playing with his kids, and this is just good filmmaking here. You know, right? They show him this way to get that feeling for you. Uh, but he's playing with his kids, and they're posing and stuff. Yeah, and I love it. He. He has his little girl. She's probably like three years old or something. Yes. She's like, feel, feel his muscle. And she grabs his elbow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I fucking love that. <laughs> and he has her flex too. And he's like, oh, yeah. wow, that's good muscles. You know? And yeah, like, right. And feel and, daddy's muscle. Oh, and then they're man, like hanging great. on they're just hanging yeah. on him. Yeah. It's, I it's did that really as a cool. kid. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and and because I mean, like, even if your dad isn't a professional bodybuilder, he's still way bigger than yeah, you. Yeah, right. You know? Exactly. Um. And I find Mike Katz sympathetic for a lot of reasons, obviously, yeah. you know, um, in particular, this interview style, he often starts talking and doesn't know how his sentence is going to end. Yeah. Which I've done a time or two in my <laughs> professional and amateur podcasting life. 
Um, and uh, I've done it. Yes. And he, he makes an analogy at one point where he compares himself to a dog that's been kicked too much. And he says, I'm the type of person who is the type of dog who will bite back. <laughs> My cats. Yes. Uh, and he goes into like this other thing in his voiceover where he's he's explaining why he became a bodybuilder. Yeah. And it's like every stereotype in the book. Right. At yeah. least at the time. He got picked on as a kid. Yes. And he had four eyes. You know, yep. Your bike is stupid. There was anti-Semitic comments on. made yeah. against him. and He yeah. got picked on and teased as a kid, yeah. you know. And He says he left a, a high school dance one time and he just like ran around a track for three hours like, you know, saying I'm going to show them. And then he got big, man. Right. He played high school f- sports. He was big. He played for the Jets, yeah, man. Yeah, he got signed by the Jets. That's um, something. Right. And, and it, like a knee injury, like, you know, prevented him from like having a big career. Right. And he ended up becoming a, a, a teacher. And he kept, he kept doing bodybuilding. And he eventually like won Mr. America. Yep. And now he's competing in Mr. Universe. Yeah. Do you ever see guys who are just, su- they're really swole. But they have a job where they shouldn't be swole. Yes. Like, I find it so fascinating. I, I do, too. Um, they usually walk around with, like, a gallon jug of water at all oh, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they're they're eating six times a day. And <laughs> they, there's a couple of them where I work, actually. Yes, yes, um, yes, definitely. And, like, just, like, nonstop consumption of sweet potatoes and tuna. Yeah. I'm amazed at their commitment. I think it's excellent, though. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Take care of yourself. You're of doing course. better than I am. I, exactly. I, I'd love to have their dedication, but I, I just... I don't want it bad enough. You yeah. Know? I, I, I <laughs> right. want to, I, I want to live a long time and be healthy, but I, I don't want to be, you don't want to feel the pump 24 seven Dave. I do. I actually do. <laughs> I mean, if I was orgasming 24 by seven, that would be pretty great. But, but I just don't have the, the wherewithal to, to, you know, right. focus I on mean, that. you'd have to stop for at least a couple hours to podcast. Guess, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, sometimes I get a pump from the podcast though. <laughs> Same. Dude, you know, <laughs> I feel like after this, we're going to be pumped up pretty good. <laughs> There's no question about it. <laughs> you can just use the pump interchangeably for all kinds of stuff, right? <laughs> once yeah. you know, once you've established that the pump is in play, like yes. it just becomes like it just dominates oh, yeah. your thoughts. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> but Mike Katz gives us this, the sob story, right? Yeah. And so we feel for him. We love him. We want to be on his side, and we are. And then they introduce Ken Waller, <laughs> oh, who's this other bodybuilder. And <laughs> and when they introduce him, the music gets just a little funkier. Yeah, you know. <laughs> That's true. And he's on a football field tossing this football with his buddies. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go. Because they're going to like South Africa or something for a competition. They're going that? to Mr. Universe. That's yeah. where Olympia and Mr. Yeah. Universe attack. Yeah. So they're going there. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to get there. I'm going to take Katz's shirt. I'm going to hide it. You know, And they're, they're setting him up to be a villain here. Like yeah. these two other guys are laughing like, hey. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. Didn't they like kind of make this up like to fit into the movie? They did. Yeah. This particular scene. Um, and... Like the, the one of the other guys is Robbie Robinson, um, like the the kind of shorter dude. Yeah. The, uh, and like at one point, like Ken even looks at him and says, "Oh, I'm not worried because he's talking about like Mike Katz in general and like yeah. bodybuilding." He's, like, "I'm not worried about Mike Katz. I mean, he's good, but he lacks too many things. The only guy I'm worried about is Robin." And yeah. like he points at Robin Robinson, mm-hmm. and like that guy is kind of always around. Too. Yeah, like he's just kind of this like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. He's not doing anything, but he's just around at all right. times. Right. Yeah. But like um, this scene was filmed after the competition. They knew that like Ken Waller had stolen the T-shirt. Yep, and they decided to follow it up and make it look like he really, you know, like malevol- malevolently, you know, like picked on Mike Katz. Right. Which I guess he did in that he he stole the guy's T-shirt to mess with his mind. 
So did he really steal it to mess with them in the moment? Or did he just like accidentally take his shirt or something like that? And then they were like, hey, let's play this up for the movie. Well, Ken Waller admits that he took the t-shirt. Okay, he to never fuck said, with them. Yes, okay. yes. And okay. like, I don't know. <laughs> Look, I know that it's just a part of competition and that it's it's a reality that we all have to deal with. I mean, like I've competed athletically myself and it's happened. I've let myself get psyched out. Um, I've, I've forgotten, yeah. you know, like my, my demeanor and I, I've gone outside the rules and I've done stupid things yeah. and I hate that it's like that. I mean, like when I played football or when I wrestled, I, I, I wished that everybody could just like, can we just play this game? I agree. It, they turn it into mind games. Right. And I guess the psychological aspect is there. Yeah. But like some guys play that game and others don't. Yeah. Everyone's playing by the rules of the competition, you know, the posing Yes. The muscles, they're playing by those rules. But not everyone's competing with the psychological games, you know? Some yeah. people don't want to mess with that. Other people, they, they love it. Like, and, Arnold is, like, obsessed with it. And that's what I can never get behind, and that's what I just can't, like, identify with, is why would you love this? Like, like what what is... It's bullying. Yeah. And what's broken inside you that, that you feel the need to, to engage in this when it's not necessary? Like, like, what if you were just, like, stone cold? You were just an assassin out there. Like, you were the best bodybuilder in the world. You were Arnold Schwarzenegger in, like, an incredible shape that everybody, like, you know, worshipped, and you didn't say a word. You just had, like, laser focus the entire time yep. and, like, were this enigma, this cipher that, yeah. that, you know, no one could get a read on. I think that would be much more intimidating for your competition than someone who, like, tries yeah. to manipulate you into losing. Yeah. And Arnold says that he has that, right? Yes, Later, he, he mentions, does. like, he's just so focused... But then he's also like grab assing with everyone and and <laughs> yes. pranking everybody. Uh-huh. So I don't, I don't know what it is. I guess that is part of his focus. And obviously he's had some influence on like Ken Waller and the other guys because right, they, yeah. they all do this too. They want to be like him. Right. Yeah. Which is amazing that like you're all adults. Yeah. You know, what is yep. what is this thing that you want to be like? Some I, I understand like I, I, I idolized, you know, certain guys in high school when I was, you know, when I was in high school. Yeah. And then I realized after high school, I shouldn't have done that. I should have been my own person. Right. You yeah. know, I wasn't 28 and like idolizing a fellow 28 <laughs> year old. I mean, yeah, uh, you're ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Um. So at Mr. Universe, you do see like Mike Katz is looking for his shirt. Like it really did happen, yes. you know, and because of the magic of editing, they did all this and made it look like, <laughs> right. you know, this whole thing. And at one I mean, point, it, like before the comp, before the, the t-shirt incident, like, Mike is standing there on the scale, like, and then he, he goes to the scale and then he looks in the mirror and he's doing his like pose down and Ken Waller comes up behind him. <laughs> yep. I mean, it just, it looks for all the world like, like he's ready to do yeah, something. Yes, evil. exactly. Yes. The editing in this, like. It's incredible. There's even um, like a little note on the soundtrack. Yeah. It's like, uh oh. Yeah. The villain has shown. And he's just and then, like, and Ken is looking at him kind of like hungrily and chewing his gum. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. it's like. And he's just waiting to get on the scale, I think. But like <laughs> yes, the way they the way they present it is like, yeah, I'm I'm thinking of something here. I'm gonna do something. And he's and in this scene, oh my god, he's standing behind him and he's also like flexing, you know. Yes. You see his like veins pop out of his flesh yeah. on command. It's like and it's not just a couple veins, it's like every little vein, thousands of them. It, it's like an ant colony just erupted out of his chest. It's insanity. I know. I, know. I mean, <laughs> have you ever like 
you know, just when, when you when you did like lift weights and you saw like oh, the, yeah. the vascularity yeah, happen, you, you, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, and these guys have it just when they're walking around. <laughs> I mean, it's just incredible. I feel like that's dangerous. I, You're gonna I, get it's caught probably on something. Not healthy to have your blood just that accessible <laughs> to the elements. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, what if Freddy Krueger shows up? <laughs> He's gonna just. They did that one in a movie, right? With his veins? It did, yes. Pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, um, with with the, the vascularity thing, Yeah. whether it's Arnold or any of the other guys, when you watch their posing routines, it, it happens with Arnold, actually, at some point during the Olympia, um, it shows, like, what a workout posing is unto itself. Yeah. I mean, at one point, he hits what I came to find out is called the most muscular pose. Okay. Um it's a, it's like you 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 take your your arms and you put them in front of you and you flex your biceps and then like you kind of cup your hands cup down your here. Cup your hands and do you lean forward a yes, little? Yeah, exactly. that one. Okay. Um and if you look at his his face, the blood rushes to his face. Oh yeah. And and it's because he's not breathing, he looks like he's starting to convulse a little bit. Yeah. Um it's a lot of exertion. Yeah. And like it's kind of like his head is getting a little shaky. He's just posing. Yeah. And it's this much energy expended. I've done, I'm sure you've done that where you flexed really hard. Oh, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. Let's go. And then exactly. Your body shakes. So, to, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you're trying to like, I guess, get the muscle to leave the skin. I don't know. But, you know. <laughs> like, let me see one vein. Exactly. Just one vein. <laughs> yes, come on. Give it to me. <laughs> you got to get the pump. I, I mean, um, in, in, in all cases, the pump yeah. is what you're after. Yes, it is. Exactly. Um, and so this whole Mr. Universe fiasco, I think, is all. <laughs> yes. It's good because, you know, they 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 show the the winners here, right? Yeah. Like after the competition, and um, Mike Katz gets fourth place. He's not even in the top three, and Ken Waller is in the top three. He's yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh man. So the guy we're rooting for almost had it, right? But the the bad guys get. He's in the top three. And then he ultimately gets it. He's the champ. Ken Waller wins. Yeah. And um, um, Paul Grant is really put out by that. Um, he's the guy from Wales with the gray hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he even, like, looks at the judge <laughs> and just, like, full on says, oh, fuck off. You know? Because <laughs> I'm better than Ken Waller. Yeah. Um, but, like, when they go backstage and Mike Katz, who has finished fourth, he's out of the money. Yeah. This is what I like. Yes. Um, he's He's incredibly sympathetic, obviously, here. Yeah, uh, because he talks about how you know he asks what time it is in the states, and you know yeah. um, he wants to know because he wants to know if his kids are still up, and then he goes, "Oh man, the kids are probably driving my wife crazy. It's great. Yeah, I better you know? call my wife." Yeah. yeah, his first thought after the loss was his family. Yeah, and he's sitting there, and you can tell he is destroyed. Yep, but he's not letting it come out that way. He's trying to just say, you know, hey, it was a good competition. I got fourth. You know, maybe next time I'll. And before this, he mentions like, yeah, this is my fifth time, you know, right. and he's been grinding his forever to get to these points and he, he still didn't get it. So like the loss just hits you so hard. I know. And he says that it took, it took him three tries to win Mr. Connecticut and it took him, you know, four tries to win Mr. America. So it'll probably take this many times to, to, you know, yeah. take the big crown. It's like, uh, he's, he's going to continue this. Oh man. It's, it's tough. Yeah. And like. He's taking it in stride, though. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when you lose a competition, you're, you're bummed about it. Yeah. But he's he even says, okay, he hears Ken wins, and he's like, oh, Ken won? That's fantastic. And he, this is the saddest line. He goes, imagine how he must feel. Oh, oh, man. oh man. And he's trying to be, he's being positive yeah, about it, you know, but, yeah. like, you can tell, like, he wishes that was him he up there. He is so dejected. Imagine how that must feel. <laughs> and then... 
like he goes uh, to where the stage and he goes, I got to go shake Ken's hand. That's yeah. great. And then the camera follows him. He's at the, like the bottom of the stairs and he just looks down. Oh, you see him from behind. Yeah. And they capture him. Like it, he's definitely in the crying. darkness of the stairway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he's completely destroyed. Yeah. It, it's such an awesome scene. Yeah. I think showing this really sets up how important this is for these people and the stakes it has. Yeah. You could just come into here like thinking, oh, silly bodybuilding contest. What the heck? This is weird. (laughs) No, like this is important to these people. Yeah. And it matters. Especially back then, too, when like, because I mean, bodybuilding now, we kind of grew up with like Muscle Magazine, you know, on the newsstand right next to everything else. It was just part of the culture. Back then it wasn't. Like they they was, it was, it truly was everything. This guy's a, a junior high school teacher. Yeah. That's what he does. Oh, dude. And he's a bodybuilder on the side as a hobby. I mean, you made the analogy of like, you said, you know, is there anybody like at your workplace who has no earthly business looking like this, but (laughs) but they do? Imagine in 1975, some guy walking around looking like that in everyday life. Right, yeah. You know, it just wasn't. You call the cops. Exactly. (laughs) Or the hospital. (laughs) Like, this guy's allergic to something. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That guy ate a peanut or some shit. (laughs) He probably did eat a lot of peanut butter. Holy shit, dude. The protein and uh-huh. calories? No there doubt. you it go, man. Five shakes a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So so now we cut back to, we get more info on Arnold's history here. He's talking about how he grew up in Germany. Uh, Austria. Austria, sorry. Mm-hmm. And his father was in the police chief. And Arnold had a dream to come to America and all this stuff. Yeah. And it's like a voiceover of him doing a photo shoot with like these babes hanging <laughs> on him and stuff. <laughs> They're in bikinis. I know. Oh my God. And we got to talk about this photo shoot because uh, they don't identify Joe Weeder in the movie, but he, that's him. You know, the guy with the curly hair oh. who's like talking to him. Hey, guy. With uh, the glasses? Yes. You know, Sandra, oh, yeah. maybe play with his hair. Kind of sexy. You yeah, know, yeah. he's a real yeah. creep. <laughs> He looks creepy. And, and I mean, he's like giving direction. He like at one point, I, it's either him or the other photographer who tells the one girl who's like down at Arnold's <laughs> knees, hey, maybe, maybe maybe put your head lower to the floor. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, yeah. I get what this is about. Everybody. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> because there's, there's a girl on his. Sh- sorry. There's a girl on his shoulders and then there's two girls at his at his sides. Yeah. And he's like doing the the the, the crusher. Uh, the the exercise bending thing. Yeah, he's thing. like bending this bar. Yes, and they're photographing him, you know, with all these babes, and and you know, this is the strongest man on earth. Yep. If um, you're this strong, you get the babes. Exactly. Yep. This is what you have to aspire to, everybody, <laughs> because if you get like this, this is what will happen. And he keeps talking about how he wants everyone to remember him forever. Yes. Yes. Like, until he dies, you know, I want to be remembered like a general or a president. For hundreds of years or, or a thousand years, like Jesus. He's comparing himself to he Jesus. He invokes the name of our Lord, Savior, <laughs> Jesus Christ, and says he wants to live a thou- thousands of years and like there's Jesus. And no- there's another funky song playing that says, like, Everybody the lyrics- <laughs> wants to live forever. <laughs> it's, I think they commissioned this for the movie, right? It is, because right? it's they the same to. singers from the opening, uh, like, Pump, pump it, it Up. Exactly, pump yes, yes. <laughs> And it's just, it's just like these, yeah, I know. And it, and, and then it, it ends with like him, like he's, I guess they've commissioned some kind of painting of him that he's carrying up the stairs oh and it's him posing on a mountain. Oh my God. And that's he, right. And you hear the interview, like, cause 
in, in the throng, there's a bunch of like reporters gathered around him and somebody says something about like, how much skim milk do you drink every day? And he goes, oh, I don't drink any skim. I don't drink any milk at all. Milk's for babies. When you're a man, you have to drink beer. Yep. It's a great, you yep. know, I mean, he is giving them I've like, heard him say that in multiple interviews. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. That's so, not just from the movie. So Arnold's doing material in this movie? I guess, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> he probably knew it was a good line and he just kept I, I it. I guess you so, know? yeah. All right. You know, well, when, you got, when you got something in your pocket, that that's good. You okay. Know? You bring yeah. it out. You're right. You're right. So Showmanship. Yeah. I might try it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get prepared <laughs> for random encounters. Exactly. So now we, we meet another bodybuilder, right, Dave? Uh-huh. We meet Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno. And more importantly, we meet his dad, Matty Ferrigno. Yes. Um... Boy, you know, what can you say? Lou Ferrigno, um, he is, uh, he's a mountain of a man. and He's the biggest. Yes. Biggest ever. They, that's one thing they keep, like, focusing on, is yep. that, like, Arnold, yeah, he's the, the reigning five-time Mr. Olympia champion, the best in the world, and there's rumors that this might be his last competition, but who is coming for him is Lou Ferrigno, yep. a guy who is six foot five, 275 pounds, like he's the biggest thing that they that's ever been, and I mean, like, oh, he's a frightening dude. Um, and then we actually meet him. Yeah, and his demeanor and his personality belie his physicality. It doesn't match, right? Arnold is this out there, over the top character. Yes, right. This guy is introverted, very shy, and uh, soft spoken. Yep. And his dad is kind of the outlet for everything he's trying to say you know his yes. dad is the voice that he speaks through and Matty Ferrigno I've only heard this voice one other time um it's a very <laughs> specific New York accent um Chris Mad Dog Russo oh um, if you ever listen to him this is what he sounds like okay and like when I hear Matty Ferrigno <laughs> I just think <laughs> of like Mike and the Mad Dog there you I go mean, it's just really something and and there's elements also of like <laughs> Bill the Butcher. I think that Daniel Day Lewis bit. must have seen this movie. Yeah, what borough is yeah. he from? Exactly, <laughs> that's right. what I need to know. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, he is. Um, he's obviously like a. He's he kind of acts as a stage father. He he's managing Lou's training. Yeah, and he has the noblest of intentions, I yes, believe. Yes. Um, you can look at it saying like. He's living vicariously through his son, which right. he, he is a little bit. Because yeah. he even mentions, like, yeah, I used to lift a little bit, you know, and I got him out, and Lou was playing right. with him. And yes. I don't know. That's not even close. I don't, that was a bad. I, that was bad. I, I, it's okay. I, I, I knew where you are going with it. And, I, and you captured the spirit. Of I got like, the spirit. Yes. It, it, it's his his voiceover narration. Like, they're, they're showing. It almost turns into, like, a Ken Burns movie. They're, they're showing, like, close-ups of, like, muscle magazines. Yeah. And it's, like, Charles Atlas, like, ads of, you know, like, I used to get picked on at the beach. And then, yeah. I you know, I was 98-pound weakling. And he's talking, you know, on the voiceover about, like, when... He says that he brought him to some kind of flea market and he says he bought up all the old muscle books Yeah, and that he would like, you know, uh, he'd see, he'd, he'd go in at two 30 in the morning and see like Lou, you know, still reading. And, um, he said he has a weight set downstairs that he used to use to just keep his arms strong or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I did a little of myself, you know? Yeah. Um, and eventually this this dusty old bunch of weights produced a loop freaking perigno right I mean, and uh <laughs> and and then they go into uh where where lou works out 
and, and it's it's contrasted with like the Venice Beach. Oh my god, I love it when they walk into this shithole gym. <laughs> There's this, there's this one dude. Oh my god! Like this schlubby looking guy standing by the mirror. He's lifting these like two pound weights, and he just like stares at Lou Ferrigno, Ferrigno walking by, like just in shock. And then, and he's still lifting, dude. And he is feeling the burn with these two pound yeah, dumbbells. Right. I mean, like he has that headband on oh his curly god. hair. He looks yeah. like Arnold Horshack. <laughs> he does. And and he's like. He's really like at one point he exhales like whew, yeah you know like oh, he is really because yeah. they 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 keep the camera on him for a good like five seconds oh, yeah. after Lou goes by yeah and he never stops <laughs> lifting his weights <laughs> and he's wearing this little V neck like sad T shirt <laughs> yes and and he'll get there he'll he will get at there. some point he will become he is Lou feeling the pump yes Dave. yes like. I mean, I've never seen sadder weights than this, though. <laughs> like know. in the wild, it's really funny. Um, and and there's like th- there there's three other couple other aspects of the Brooklyn gym that I want to focus on. Is wh- I'm glad you brought up the the dumbbell curl. He had guy. to be a plant. Exactly, he had I to mean, have planted I, that guy. I can't imagine like <laughs> they they just found Horshack in the like out there like this. I mean, but yeah. But the other one I didn't notice until this my 48th viewing. Um, while Lou's doing the overhead press and shouting Arnold's name as motivation, um, there's a guy who's almost nude standing right behind him. Um, he's wearing like these little royal blue posing trunks and a gold medallion. Um, oh, man. He's in great shape, but he's not a bodybuilder. And more than anything else, it was just another example of like how in 1970s America, you could just get away with any fucking thing you wanted, <laughs> including working out in public wearing almost nothing. Yep. I mean, like this guy is like... He he looks more naked than if he were actually naked because of that stupid gold <laughs> chain, you know. Right. He he looks like he's about to get in the sauna. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like he's a real. He's gonna take a real nice, good looking steam. <laughs> Dude, yeah, and I'm glad you brought up. He's yelling Arnold's oh, name. Oh man. He's like He's doing like a bench press or something. He's like Arnold. Yeah. Arnold. 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 Yes. And his dad's there, like yeah, uh, yeah, and, cheering and, him on. I know. And he and he keeps like <laughs> he keeps shouting slogans at him. You you, you gotta. This is your chance, Lou. Yeah. You gotta beat that German. Yep. Um, I mean, like, it's, and he's got this trainer who, like, at one point, like, Lou is doing the the overhead press, which with, with like, um, I think he's got like three forty fives on each side. He does, you know, however many reps. Yeah. And he's totally gassed. And then the guy, the the other trainer guy, comes over. Hey, I got a present for you. And he gives him this like smaller weight yeah. set. And, and Lou goes, "What are you crazy?" And he says, "I want ten more." And it's like, "Oh yep. my god!" He has to like do ten more reps with like, I guess, uh, you know, a, a quarter of the weight. Only a hundred pounds now. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And I am. Oh my god, dude. And you see him at one point like with hundred pound dumbbells. Oh yeah. I mean, dude, you couldn't even like lift it just. I mean, imagine trying to lift that and like with one arm and do curls with it. No way. Yeah, these guys are impressive. Uh, holy for real. shit! Yeah, it, it's something else, man. Right, and I I usually don't swear this much on the show, but I'm just like, <laughs> what the fucking just you know what I mean? Because I, I I can't like every time I watch this movie, right. I'm always just kind of like, just like you said, I'm impressed. I walk away going, I need to get in shape. Yeah, I need, yes, I, need right, to, yeah, I need to get yeah. back in the gym. Yeah. You know, um, and 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 Maddie Ferrigno tells him here like, hey, he's talking about his posing, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, when you're out there posing, you know, look at your arms, you know. <laughs> Like you're admiring them, then lift them up, then boom, look at that hunk of man. <laughs> and he's like showing Lou how to do it, and then Lou does it like this. And he's like, Yeah. He's like, Your arms are bigger than Arnold's. No one's ever seen your arms before. Show them. 
<laughs> and he kind of corrects at one point because yeah. Lou's not doing it right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and and the the boom. Take a look at this hunk of man. It's just been in my head for for decades now. You know, yes. I, I I always think about it whenever I lift any weight. You know, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> boom. <laughs> and and it plays, this place is called a. It's not even a gym. It's a health studio, according to the. <laughs> <laughs> to the sign outside. <laughs> right, yeah. It looks like it could be a nail salon I know, from the outside. Exactly, you have no idea. The, the the exteriors are like right out of Saturday Night Fever. Mm-hmm. And and it's just this like, and there's like wood paneling it's, and, and shag carpet. no light. Oh my God. It is so dim in here. And imagine, it has to be so musty. Ex- imagine the fungus in that carpet. Dude, like everyone, not just this gym, but like every gym, there's like carpet on the ground i know people are walking around barefoot yes, i'm like yes. dude what kind of staff infections are going I, around it's it's just non-stop <laughs> it's a MRSA. Um, oh. yeah i know it's it's really gross and and the whole thing of like barefoot training is like considered isn't like, that so dangerous it is but it's considered like super old school yeah. you know like 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 this is this is where it's at where you know we're really good you know like we're being primal about things. okay yeah all right um I remember Hulk Hogan talking about it. Like he liked, he, he, he like kind of built his own gym at his own property so that he could do it because he had done it previously. And then, you know, the health department stepped yeah. in and said, not right. doing that anymore. Yeah. We don't need Hulk Hogan's <laughs> feet on the equipment. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Dude. It's so it's gross. so nasty. I know. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 contrast between that and like you know, outside you know it, the the Venice Beach gym. Not only is it more well lit, but they're like going to the beach. You know, they're they're frolicking in the yeah. in the surf. Right. And, you know, it's 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 Arnold and all his friends. It's sunny California. Exactly. Robbie Robinson's there, and at one point, like. Uh, it's one of my favorite. I don't even know this guy's name, and I've never been able to figure out who it is. But Arnold is like taking a nap. Yeah, on the beach. On the beach. Yes. He's napping, and there's a bunch of other dudes there with him. They're all laying out on a towel. Yes, like all all grouped up. Yes, they're really yeah. really close to each other uh-huh. in their posing trunks. <laughs> and this little dude who had leaped into his arms at the beginning of the movie when he walked. Oh, it's the, the same it, guy. The same yeah, guy. Okay. it's the New York dude. Um, he comes up to Arnold and he says, Hey Arnold, uh, listen, uh, I'm going to be going to New York tonight. I'm going to meet Lou and I'm going to meet with his dad and, uh, everything that I learned from you and that you stole from me, I'm going to give to him. (laughs) And I think that the combination is going to be very hard to beat Arnold. Very hard. (laughs) 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 And Arnold's response is, I'll see you when you get back. And he goes back to sleep. (laughs) He says, what, what do you want me to tell Lou? Tell him hi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he keeps going because Arnold is half asleep still. Yes, right? exactly. He's told him all this. And Arnold is, just doesn't fucking care. Let me go back to sleep. <laughs> this guy's trying to psych him out and, yeah, and like talk it's so trash. Funny. And and eventually like Arnold he's he's tells him, yeah, that be be nice to Lou because he needs a lot of help. Yeah. You know. Dig at him there. Right. Yeah. hmm And if if everybody didn't know, Lou Ferrigno He's always been, um, you know, we, we mentioned his personality wasn't what, you know, like the villainous thing that they were expecting. Right. Um, but it was also, he, he's, he struggles because he, he's hard of hearing. Yeah. You know. In the documentary, they say, you know, when he was like one year old, he, he had an ear infection and yes. now he, he can hardly hear out of it. Right. So he, had so he has that, lips. he has a speech impediment. Yes. He, it's hard for him to talk. Yep. Um, and that's why his dad helps him out so much. Yes. So, like, it's hard for him to communicate. Right. 
and like you could read this scene where he says, you know, um, like, you know, I want you to be very nice to him because he needs a lot of help. I wonder if that is Arnold doing a dig or if he's being sincere and like saying, no, be nice to him because he's a cool, good guy. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, it's true. You know, you can't read it anyway because like I, I've, I've read so many different variations of what was actually going on in the movie and like who was telling the truth and who wasn't. Right. It's, it's like trying to um, like uh, go back and like, I will never know the truth about the Montreal screw job. Yeah. You know, it, it just, You'll never know, it, you know, like, and this is the same way. I mean, we weren't there, so we don't know. You right. Know? Right. And because Arnold is so two faced, you know, you don't know at all. No. And, and he even says after this, like, he's going to do whatever it takes. You know, he's going to mess with Lou. He's going to yes. prank him, you know? Yes. Um, he's going to me- mess with his head. And this is uh, here, here. I'm calling it back guys. This is where he says, Franco is a child and I am his father. He comes to me for advices. It's not that hard for me to give him the wrong advices. That's what Arnold says. Those were exact words, <laughs> yes. everybody. The wrong advices. He says it twice. I love it. And I understand English is not his first language, sure. right? He does a pretty good job. His his English is very good. <laughs> yes. And for some reason, he trips on the word advice. Yep. He just can't, you know, like... Right, and he says it twice. I, That's I know. why it's so funny. I know. And, and, he, <laughs> and he leans back to let you know what he said was just awesome. Right. After he says he comes to me for advices, he leans back and then says, it's not hard for me to give him the wrong advice. Like, <laughs> wow. Yes. You would be a great movie villain one day, Arnold. Uh-huh, you just exactly. need better dialogue. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you know... <laughs> You can really see in in this interview he's giving is like sparse is like kind of like you know sprinkled throughout. It's the, the film. same interview and it's yeah right. it's, it's cut up throughout the film. Yeah. Yes, because um, he, he explains another segment about like what it takes, like how he's he's thrown up many times in the gym before, yeah. and he doesn't he doesn't even care. You know when it happens, it happens. He just fights through it. Yep. And I believe him in that moment because you know like. I yeah. have I have seen people throw up from like you know just oh yeah too much I've, exertion you I've, know I've almost thrown up yeah. lifting something that I definitely shouldn't have been trying yeah and I mean I don't just go through it I don't keep yeah, working right. out no I mean like yeah. if I if I throw up I stop immediately I'm exactly like, oh my God. whether it's on almost... evening out that that's it I, I don't I don't you know like the whole thing of like well right. you, you should just like switch to right. switch you to beer the towel no that's yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> you just threw up. Switch to beer. <laughs> Come on, no, 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 I'm done. Exactly. Take me home, please. You know what happened the one time I did that? <laughs> I don't know because I don't remember. <laughs> now let's go to South Africa, Dave. Uh huh. Again, right? Arnold is here, um, getting interviewed, and he's telling this story about how he uh, does, he's not afraid to to mess with people, you know. And he tells this story which. It's funny. It's the way he tells it and stuff. It's a funny story. But yeah. when you think about it, it's not that funny. He ruined this guy's life. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because he, the guy came to him for advices <laughs> and he told him, you know, the new thing is in America, you know, when you pose, you scream. So he, he literally spends two hours practicing with this guy on his scream. And I mean, who would dedicate that much time to this prank? <laughs> and this guy goes to competition and comes out, starts screaming, gets booed off the stage. Like, the, the ju- ruined this guy's career. I know. They, they came and, like, physically removed yeah, him from the removed stage. Yeah, they removed him. Yeah. Because he was screaming so loud. And, <laughs> like, and... Like I, uh, he even told them like you know okay so as as you as you pose lower like you know like, yeah you like, have a lower screen ex- and then they do the double bicep and they go, ah, ah you know <laughs> and 
And like the reporter is very amused by this. It's a, it is an amusing story, but it's tragic. It and is. It's I know. Awfully cruel. I know. Like like ah. he, you're right. He he ruined this guy's whole set. And yeah. even like he he said something about the guy came in and he he said, I'm a great bodybuilder. I have a fantastic body, but I need a good posing routine. And so Arnold said, you know, okay, we'll take off your clothes and pose for me. And he said that the guy took his clothes off and that his body looked like nothing. Yeah. Uh, he said, he said, well, he must be crazy or something. And it was like, in that moment, you kind of like, I guess the first time I saw the movie, I had the same reaction of like, that's yeah. an amusing story. But the second time I'm like, well, maybe you should have pulled him aside and said, exactly. You need to work out some. Yeah. We you need know? to work on this. Yes. Like he was with the other guy sure. at the beginning. Like, right. I don't know why he felt like he needed to do that. I, I guess he I felt he that was, the guy was super arrogant. Um, maybe you know? that was it, because yeah. he comes in like, I have the best body yes. and all this, blah, blah. Yes. And then he shows it, and Arnold's like, what are you talking <laughs> right. about, dude? <laughs> and I mean, imagine like if that did really happen, if like everything exactly went down the way Arnold tells it, imagine a person who would walk up to Arnold Schwarzenegger and say, I have a great body. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Can you imagine shit? Right. I mean... Yeah, exactly. I mean, he what is are the you thinking? The goal of perfection. Why? I mean, you you better really have <laughs> some something to show. You know, exactly, dude. Holy crap, that's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, there. Are, so now they're all in South Africa. The the big story now is Lou Ferrigno versus Arnold, right? Yes. Like that's what they're building up. Right. The documentary starts to focus really on like the competition itself and like yeah. how it works and um. There, there's like a prejudging that happens before the the all the people show up. Right, right. Um, so the bodybuilders all like kind of get in front of the judges, and it's in an empty auditorium except for like a reporter or like just a few reporters here and there. Yeah. Ken Waller is there like filming it. Yeah. Um, he's in street clothes, and then uh, the bodybuilders who have already gone are up in the rafters watching it, and Ed Corney's posing gets all the bodybuilders to stop what they're doing and watch yeah um because he poses so meticulously and his transitions are so like rhythmic and dramatic yeah um he's got like such grace and to be honest i, I don't know why the other guys don't try harder to emulate him you know yeah, i don't know because they're so blown away arnold himself says now that is what i call posing and he's like so blown away by this guy's talent right and he's he's being legitimate legitimate yes. about it and and we saw ed working out with him earlier yeah like, doing, doing the squats yeah when when ed uh like you know collapses oh my from god the, you know, yeah because arnold told him two more reps <laughs> yep and, and he falls on that carpet that, oh yes exactly that 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 filthy that wet carpet 70s carpet god yes full of god knows what <laughs> full of the 70s <laughs> dude <laughs> It's full of the pump, probably. <laughs> well said, dude. Um, oh, my Lord. But yeah, no, like they're impressed <laughs> by this guy, you yeah, know? Uh -huh. And we mentioned Franco Colombo briefly, but he's like the top dog for the under 200 weight class, yes. right? And Arnold's top for the over 200. Right. And Ed is competing. Ed Corney is competing against Franco for the under 200 class. Yeah. And it's kind of established also, like before we got to the competition, like we went to Sardinia as well to visit with Franco Colombo. <laughs> oh my God. We see him in, a, in his like Italian family yes. and everything. And yes. he's, he lifts that car out of the parking spot at one point. <laughs> Man. Like... Dude, like Apollonia's gonna blow up I in mean, this car. I thought the exact like I swear same to God, thing, dude, this is the old world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, you, obviously, if Franco started yelling Apollonia, no, <laughs> I mean, it would not have been out of place. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
the Godfather music should have just kicked in. I mean, here. dude, the, like the they, guy, I'm sure they couldn't get the rights, but dang, I know. his dad with with the newsboy <laughs> yeah. and the little snifter, and then like his mom wearing the the shawl, mm-hmm. and she's gumming those pea pods. I mean, like yeah. it, it looks like the year 1901. <laughs> it looks great. It does. I it looks really inviting. Eat. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it shows him there. Like he he was a big deal there too. Like, yes, because. I guess his family didn't support him, like most of these guys probably. Right, right. Because his dream was to get muscles. And his his mom was like, well, you can't get money with muscles. Right. But Even when he was boxing, she was like, well, yeah. you're going to make money beating people up? That, yeah. You can't right. do that, you know? Yeah. So I guess he kind of proved everybody wrong. Like, yeah. hey, look, look at me. I'm I'm the best in the world now. And right. Yeah. So, And I guess he has support from them now. Yes. I think he mentions that. Um, and and they all stand around like kind of like uh, thankful that he was able to like get that car out of that space. Right. Know? Yeah. Thank really God for those things. muscles, <laughs> <Exactly>. man. <laughs> he literally lifts a car out of the space like it's been parallel parked and yeah. there's not enough room to get out. Yeah. He just picks up the bumper and like you know. Thank God we got to take this car to the Corleone's house. You <laughs> know, know? <laughs> exactly. Right. Got a special delivery for him. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. Yeah, Fabrizio's dead. <laughs> dude. Um, but no, Franco's awesome. Like, Franco and Arnold are buddies, right? Yes. They're buddy-buddy. Yeah, they're Like friends. you said, they started up that construction company in California. Yep. Like, they've been through this for over a decade. Yes, you know? exactly. Best buds. Yep. And we see also, like, this is one of the big moments for Lou Ferrigno um, because, like, it's it's time for his showing in front of the judge. Yeah. And it's one of, the, like, the saddest moments because it's, like, he looks so nervous. And his dad walks up to him and, like, says something to him. And Lou Ferrigno, like, he looks over at the judges and, like, his whole face changes just for a second. He looks like he's about to, like, not cry, but he, he looks like he's five years old. He looks scared. Yes. Yeah. And then he goes in front of the judges and he, he, shows, he shows confidence. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's doing really well. Um, he's doing everything his dad told him. He does the hunk of man pose. <laughs> yes, he um, does. And, uh, <laughs> and like... It's it's a weird transition because his dad looks really irritated in the crowd, but then they go backstage and his dad is really supportive. Yeah. And he goes, oh, your back was out of sight. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because earlier he's like, don't go too much on the back because yeah. your skin will wrinkle. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. That's and right. And so like he comes back down there, your back was out of sight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, dude. So good. So good. And what I love is like, so they're all like... At this hotel or something while, during the competition, you know? Right. Like, and, like, Ken Waller is, like, filming people in the background, like, half the time. I know. Like, they don't say anything about it, but it's funny because he was so, like, sneaky earlier in the movie. And, like, you see him in the background with, like, cameras. And you're right. like, what is he doing? I mean, it's, it's so weird. It's like, because yeah. there was this, like, delegation that went from, from California, stopped in New York to pick up Lou, and then, like, yeah. continued to South Africa. <laughs> So the amateurs went not last night, and now one of them's filming everything. Yeah, it's I mean a- it's it's weird. <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite touches. You, you see him like kind of around. Yes, and there's one point like when they are making him the villain earlier. Like, he's kind of like looking around the corner at him <laughs> yes, too. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I think that's when that music cue happens. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh god, it's so good. And he's also like at one point he's just like fiddling with his camera. Like yeah. he's pulling like cartridges out, you know. <laughs> it's just <laughs> and it's more of the strangeness of this. Why is he there? And and you know, it's I don't know. It's it's weird. It's great. I love it. <laughs> yep. So yeah, like there's the two classes, right? Under 200, over 200. Uh-huh. And they judge on 
uh, symmetry, yes, proportion, and the size and clarity of each muscle group. Yes. That's what the competition is. And there are compulsory poses that they all must do. I looked them up today. Okay. Um, there is the double biceps, which we've talked about at Just length. up? Yes. Yep. Uh, there's the side chest, which we've talked about. You know, we've, yep, the, Scott is <laughs> doing it now. Uh, excellent. Um, there's the side. I was si- open. Uh-huh, sure yes, that? exactly. And, and you hit it well. Uh, there's the side triceps. Um, there's uh, the most muscular. You got it. Um, front lat spread. Um, Ooh, I don't know what that, that one is. That one's tough. Is uh, that like. It's it's just kind of like this, where you, you, you create that V taper. Yeah. So um, you look like a flying squirrel. Exactly. You yeah. got the wings. Um, there's the abdominal and thigh where you like kind of put your one leg out in front of you and like, you know, stick okay. your ass out kind yeah. of it, essentially it's like the RuPaul. Right. Um, and then there's the vacuum, which is my least favorite vacuum. Pose. It's like when the guy, he, he sucks he the abs in, sucks the abs oh, in and yeah. like it creates that like dome. Oh. That, it's like, it's kind of falling in on itself. Like that rotten Halloween pumpkin. Exactly. Look. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. And I can't believe they make people do this. Um, then there's the uh, the, <laughs> the the back relaxed, the back relaxed. Yes. So it, is that just you don't flex anything? Essentially, yeah. You okay. just turn your back to the to the judges and and let them see you know what you've got. Um, okay. Which you know and and after that, so after you do those compulsory poses, um, you're allowed to go and like do your own routine. You do freestyle. Exactly. Okay. And that's where someone like Ed Corny like you know starts to outclass everybody. Yeah. Because he starts to like you know do these kind of like he at one point he goes down kind of like he's doing a double bicep and then he crouches down into like a discus pose. Uh huh. And then he like uh, kind of puts one arm out like an archer. And this is what everybody is <laughs> reacting to. Like, holy right, shit, yeah, look like, at this guy, you know? Yeah, look at that. I mean, and he's really, he's doing a great job. No, like, like showing everybody, like, the symmetry of his muscles and, you know. And, yeah, you, you are watching him. He, he's exactly like, he would have been the prize pupil of that ballet teacher. Oh, you know? yeah, dude. Absolutely. I bet he's working with her, too. They're probably but maybe, so. Maybe that's why Franco and Arnold went to her. They probably, yeah, because they, they, they found out that was Ed's strategy like, and they were like, like, you know. Hey, Ed, how'd yes. you get so graceful? Exactly. Well, I yeah. talked to, I got to talk to Kathy over there. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Arnold tells us, I don't know why I left. This isn't funny. He's talking about <laughs> how he's super focused, right? Uh-huh. We mentioned it a little earlier. He just blocks everything out. You got to stay cold and focused is mm-hmm. what he says. Yes. He's like, you can't have a, wo- a woman, you know, bothering you. Or if your my car gets an accident, I don't have time to worry about that. You know, just block it all out. And his father died one time and he just blocked it out. Like he told his mom, no, I'm not coming home for the funeral. He's dead. I can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And he just has to stay focused. Right. Are you kidding me, Arnold? It's one of the most shocking moments in the film, and one that like kind of stayed with him for for decades afterwards. Oh, I'm sure. You know, because people didn't know what to make of it, and it's still up in the air whether or not it's true. Yeah. Because he has said that it's a lie that that it, he stole that story from like another bodybuilder in France. Okay. Um, and then he said that he learned it from a boxer. Okay. And his girlfriend at the time said, no, it actually did happen. Right. And there was, like, good reason for it, apparently, because, like, uh, on, on some, on our on our previous podcast that we did uh, called Giga Punch, we had that yeah. special called the Arnold Palooza. <laughs> yes. Um, that was, like, episode 10. Yes. Or so, I right. don't know. There Where wasn't many talk- episodes. Exactly. <laughs> and on this one, we just talked all about Arnold Schwarzenegger and his films. Yeah. Uh, but I, I had given some some bad information in that. Um, I had said something wrong about Arnold's father, about like his his connection to the Nazi party. 
It turns out that Gustav Schwarzenegger, Arnold's father, was a Nazi party member. And while no one who researched his career could find like hard, hard evidence of Gustav participating in crimes against humanity, he did provide security at rallies and he fought for the Third Reich in World War II. And in 2021, Arnold went on record saying that Gustav was abusive to their family. And Arnold attributes the abuse to the guilt and shame Gustav felt at, like, having enabled Nazi atrocities. You know? Yeah. For him to, like, I guess, tell a bunch of different stories around this particular story is a weird move. I wish he had, like, you know, just... If it really did happen and he was yeah. telling the truth in the interview, I choose to believe that he actually did do this. He, he went, yeah, I, I'm not going to go you know, like say goodbye to my father who was abusive to me right. and who fought for the Nazis. I, I, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't, I don't care anymore. Yeah. You know, own, own up to it. Exactly. Be honest yes. about it. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously he's been wrestling with it for decades and decades and yes. decades. If only a couple of years ago, he had to come out and make a statement. You and know? I mean, it, it, yeah, exactly. And it, and it followed him like into, of course, when in 2003, when he ran for governor of California, right. you know, his political opponents, they, they brought it up, you know, hey, what was the deal with your father? Right. You oh, know? this movie was all over that smear campaign against him. Yes, it him. was. <laughs> yes, it was. I mean, oh my God, look yeah. at him. He's smoking a joint, everybody. Oh my God, it's a joint. And, you know, and he's talking about the pump. He's drinking wine. Wine. I mean, Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, wait, that's okay. <laughs> right. He has a shirt that says Arnold is numero uno. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I, I, I saw material like, like highlighting that aspect. And I was like, yeah, that's what you're focusing on. That is the least of this man's crimes. Right. I mean, you know, yes. Arnold is numero uno. It's kind of, kind of adorable. That should really. have been his campaign slogan. I would have, but obviously, yes. Put that on the posters right. and wear it at the Wear rallies. that vote for Pedro t-shirt he's yes. got, man. Yes, exactly. He was coming <laughs> up with that before that, any of that. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we we hear about that tragic story from Arnold. Right. Um, and it's kind of left, you know, left there. Right. He, he'll do whatever it takes, basically. Yes, that, that is kind of like the, the point of the story yeah. is, that, is that whatever, you know, like any complication in his life, he will just like bury it because he's getting ready for a competition. Yep. So we see the under 200 competition happen now. And of course it comes down to Ed Corny and Franco Colombo, right? Yes, right. And ultimately Franco wins. Right. Right. So everyone's happy about Franco. <laughs> I don't Ed was good. I, I mean, know. they're all good, right? I know. I look I'm not a judge, but I, I am not going to be able I like to... Ed's style. I yeah. like his mustache <laughs> and yes. like that curly hair. Yeah, I, I know. It's, yeah. it's a great 70s He looks look. good. Yeah, he looks like Freddie Prince. He looks like a cigarette. <laughs> yes, dude, Like he looks like a nice, smooth cigarette. He does. He looks like <laughs> a pack of Marlboro Reds, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, he, he look, he's got like even like a, an anchor tattoo. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. the only bodybuilder who, who's got any ink. Oh man, um, you know. Do they nowadays? I'm sure there's more, but I wonder what kind of the standard is. I wonder. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. Apparently Arnold has like denounced the sport like he hates it now. Oh, is that right? Yeah, just because of the direction it's gone and okay. the things they do and well, stuff. I don't know. I mean that that that's the it's it's weird because like the um the Arnold classic is like the the this it's um it's on par with Mr. Olympia now. Okay. Um for like, you know, uh 
uh, prestige wise. Right. Um, and it's, and that, that, that he's denounced the sport. I hadn't heard about that. So it's, it's yeah. weird that he, it's, there's still something like bears his name. Um, I guess he can't get out of it cause it's been going around for like, you know, yeah, 40 years. Right. Now, so yeah, now it's too late. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I know what you mean though, about like, just, I can't judge these guys muscles. <laughs> I, I, I know I, I agree with you that I liked Ed's style more. I just like to watch his posing routine. Yeah. Um, but like, can I say definitively that if I was to study Franco's muscles, that they're, that they're, wow, like, your muscles are better. Exactly. I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I can compare you to me. Right. <laughs> yes. You win. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Congratulations, Franco. <laughs> You're in first. I'm in one millionth. Thank you. But I know it's, I know you're right. And it's it's weird too that like, you know, obviously we look at the judges, none of them are bodybuilders. No, they they're look, not even close. I mean, it, they they look like college professors. They're anatomy professors. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> right. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they Franco wins the under 200 and at the earlier pose down, but but the pre-show thing, they they mentioned like a newcomer in the in the over 200 was this actor from France named Serge Nubray. Oh yeah, and yeah. this guy rules. Right. Um like Charles Gaines like introduces him, Serge Nubray, 41 years old from France, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he said that. I'm like, he's 41. 41. Holy shit, you know. And this guy comes out and he has like just this body that is like I mean, holy crap. Look yeah. at this guy. Yeah, dude. Um, and he's, a, he's an actor from France yeah. who just like decided to turn pro one day. I mean, okay. I like his style too because he's, he's not as big no. as like Arnold is, but right. he is just like built perfectly, you know? Yeah. He's still huge because yes. he's a bodybuilder, but like not like Arnold. He, um, he is just, his proportion, I guess, maybe is more ideal to me. I know. Oh, I, I agree. Know. I mean, like, it's the same as like when I look at like John Cena versus Seth Rollins, I would yeah. much rather look like Seth. Yeah. Like he's got like long lean muscles. Yes. You know, and Serge Nubray, same thing. It's like, he, he's just, he looks like a guy who would look great in a sweater. Yeah, dude. You know, right. I mean, and you might not notice at work that he's swole as all get out. Exactly. He just looks like a guy with a flat stomach and broad shoulders. Yeah. You know, right. Oh, okay, cool. This guy just doesn't drink beer constantly. You know, <laughs> <Yes>. he's good. <laughs> No, exactly. then he goes to the company swim party and what? Oh, shit. He's in those little, little speedo. Oh my God. Oh, I man. mean, imagine just revealing that like in front of, I mean, oh my, whoa, you know, HR would wow. get so many calls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He would get so many calls. No. I mean, because yeah, it wouldn't would. even need about the posing trunks. I mean, right. if he just wore like a regular swimming suit. Yeah. He'd be, he would just clean up and the whole, the whole company would be talking about it. <laughs> Everyone, oh my God. Did you see Everyone, the company Bolton will go out? Yes. Did you see this? Exactly. <laughs> New president. This guy is not Surge. to be missed. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude. Um, but no, like, yeah, there's the posing. What is it called? The pose off or what is it? The, uh, it's okay. before everyone competes individually. They all go out as like a group and pose together. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Miss America, like, a, a yeah, they all come out. Yes. On the stage. And yeah. like 50 of them go in, in the first round and then it's down right, to like yeah. last three. Right. Um, and the last three are, you know, Serge Nubray, Lou Ferrigno and of course, uh, yeah, of course, Arnold. Yes. And, these Mr. Olympia committee organizers are totally upfront about their corruption when they introduce the one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. How are the other competitors <laughs> supposed to take that? I mean, the guy gets on the PA and says, the one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. It's bullshit. This ain't a hockey game. I mean, my God. You're not announcing the captain. No. Come on. Exa I mean, like, he does not get special treatment. I don't care who he is. 
It gets yeah. me every time. And, and he does it twice. Like, he, he does it when he introduces Arnold to come out. Yeah. And then, you know, like, spoiler alert, when he wins the competition, yeah. the one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger. Got it, everybody. Yeah. Arnold's thanks, great. Thanks for reminding us. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lou gets third. Yes. And then Serge gets second, and Arnold gets first. Yes. Because he's the one and only. <laughs> um, and, you know, Lou is kind of distraught about it right, and his dad's dejected. consoling him behind backstage and stuff and he even tells him he's like hey you know these guys out here they're veterans they've been right. doing it forever and you know in a few years you know it'll be your time yes and i don't know about you but did he win he never won mr olympia okay um he had won mr universe the year before yeah and he won it twice in a row i think they said yeah and i found out that it doesn't bother him i thought it would have but it doesn't um because he's had you know obviously a long career right um in in you know film and tv and also just like in the health industry yeah he's a he's like a trainer to the stars he's had a great life yeah he wanted to win mr olympia and he wanted to beat arnold specifically yeah uh, but it didn't happen and this was his only chance and it didn't work out you know that's the ropes man exactly ask mike katz about that Mm -hmm. dude right um, and his dad, his dad even is saying like, while he's up there posing, he's like, yeah, it's like you're up there with him, you yeah, know, you're, yeah. you're living with them up there. Um, except he gets all the praise and, and you don't, and you're, you're just like, yeah, that's my son. You know, <laughs> he's really proud of him. I know. You know, it, there's a, the way he says things sometimes it's kind of like, are you just doing this to be famous too? But like, <laughs> not really. Like right. there's enough there where, where you're like, he really cares about him. He yes. cares about his son and his success. I think he's really sincere about yeah. it. Yeah. And he really loves He's a Lou. great dad. Yeah. He quit his job on the police force yep. to help him train full time. Yeah, he retired from the NYPD so he could like focus on Lou's training, you yep. know, in that dingy freaking gym. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you need to keep that health insurance though, because the freaking oh God. the infections. Oh. oh, every time I think about it, I just like cringe a little bit because it's like, man. What you brought up about the barefoot training, we don't see that in Brooklyn, but like it's all over Venice Beach. So, you know, yeah, gross. It's the California style, I guess. <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah. And even before the competition, they're getting pumped up before the contest, yeah. right? Yeah. And Arnold and Lou are like looking, like eyeballing each other. I know. And Arnold is messing with them. And there's even, there's a great scene though when they're both like doing like curls facing each other yes. and like just staring at each other. Yeah. And they both start laughing, <laughs> which is great because Arnold is being malicious, but like he's having fun. And then Lou is also kind of having fun with it too in, yeah. that, in that moment at least. Yes. But with all the teasing throughout the competition, I think Lou kind of doesn't like it, but he's kind of going along with it, brushing it off a little bit. Yeah, because earlier in the day, like bef- like before the um, the prejudging, they had had breakfast together. Yeah, it was it was uh, Lou, his dad, his mom, and Arnold, and like Arnold was really giving him shit. Yeah, like he tells him he's not ready; he needs another month. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. he's he's not even in shape yet. Yeah, you know, <laughs> dude. Come I on. mean, he just full on says it. Yeah. You mentioned the the what he's gonna say to uh, to to by what he said about Franco, how he's a child and he comes to me for advices. He he lays out you know what he's gonna do to Lou when he gets to South Africa. Right. He says you know look if he shows up and he's out of shape, well that's less work for me. But if he shows up and he's in shape, fine. I hope he is. You mm-hmm. know I'm gonna mess him up. Yeah. I'm just gonna take him and I'm gonna like you know twist his mind around and he will be so ready to win when he comes to South Africa and I'll just convince him I'm gonna win. Yeah. The mind games are right. coming out. Right. It worked, I guess. I guess I guess it worked. You know, it, it certainly worked for uh, the judges who were clearly not on the take from Arnold, right. but they already had made up their mind who was winning the competition. Yeah, they were biased. Exactly. And look, 
as I said, I am no judger of muscles, everybody. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I know that I liked looking at Serge Nubray better than the other two right. gentlemen. Um, yeah, I, and Ed Corny. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but these are these are controversial decisions, you know, 40, uh, 48 years after the fact, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and um, then they have to have Arnold versus Franco, right, yeah. for the ultimate winner. The overall comp, the overall winner. And, of course, Arnold wins. I mean, there's just, it, it's like... Whether it's the first time you see it or the fiftieth, I mean, like you're always you always know. I mean, you, you knew going in who was going to win this competition. Yeah, right. And there's still controversy over this particular year of who should have won. Many like you know hardcore serious people about bodybuilding say that Franco was the clear winner, like that he was definitely better. Yeah. And um, you know, as I said before, I I don't know. I mean, the one know, and only Arnold, I, man. I. I, I I look at Arnold's physique if I just objectively. There's a couple of shots in this movie where it's just focused on him, and it is quite impressive. Yeah. At one point, he's standing next to Ken Waller in the gym, and like Ken Waller is a mountain of a man, and he he's not dwarfed by Arnold, but Arnold's so puffed up and his his yeah. muscles are so ballooned that it just it really does kind of dwarf Ken Waller. Balloon is the perfect way to say it. Mm-hmm. Like his pecs. Yes. They look like they're blowing up. I know. With air. Yep. I couldn't think of a way to describe it before, but ballooned is perfect. <laughs> right. And they're kind of always like that too. No matter what. Yeah. Like even if he stretches his hands up, they're still kind of ballooned, yes. but a little flatter. Yes. It's it, unbelievable. It's <laughs> <laughs> he he is he is just like he found a way to like build a physique that has kind of gone unmatched in the years since then. Yeah, you know? like just for for perfection. You know, right. And then we see a celebration right after the competition. Right. Arnold is drinking champagne and smoking a J, and he's laying <laughs> on a couch that probably has you know fucking MRSA, like you said, <laughs> all over it. And he's got a shirt that says Arnold is numero uno. Yeah. <laughs> which he probably carries with him everywhere he goes. Yes, of course he does. <laughs> and they're all there. And they, Arnold is like, hey, it's Lou's birthday. We got to sing happy birthday to him. Uh-huh. And everybody sings happy birthday to, to Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> it's such a weird ending. Yeah, I know. Um, and, and it's great because like Lou is kind of like, uh, you know, he's, he's happy about this. Yeah. You know, oh, they remember my birthday. Yeah. Um, and then they ask him for a speech and, and lose, lose like most famous line in the movie. He says, I have nothing to say. I just want to eat my cake. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, he even like in, in one of the behind the scenes thing on the DVD, Lou quotes that line. He like looks at the camera and says, I have nothing to say. I just want to eat my cake. <laughs> hey, you remember that line? You know? <laughs> awesome. Yep. Oh, that, and that's not the last scene, though, because yeah. the last scene is them driving away on a bus, I yeah. guess, going back to the airport They're going to the or airport, something. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Arnold's still digging into him. He says that, like, you know, oh, yeah, you, you, your mom's going to have me over for, for, for a nice dinner. We're going to have a, a big lasagna, and she's going to set me up with your sister. Yeah, and everyone's laughing I and mean, having a good time. It's just like, Jesus, I, it's... Like what could you what could you have said to Lou that would like right. you've already beaten him in this competition, <laughs> you've already won, and then they're like because they're in the back seat of the bus you know uh-huh. against that big window and they they kind of are like shifting in their seat and like kind of raising oh my up. god I know and like as one gets higher in the air the other one gets higher than yes. that person and then the other guy's like well fuck you no I'm getting higher <laughs> yes. and Lou and Arnold keep going up and up inching up higher than each other leaning against this window it gets serious yeah it's like a real competition exactly because it's just these two alpha dogs and they you know? do it and they they kind of laugh about it right and, you know but that's how they live. For all the world, I I think that like in that moment, Lou has had it, but he's never gonna. He's at that point where he's yeah. 
he's just it's not in him to like just slug Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. You I, wish it was, but you know. And it's been established that Arnold is like his idol. Yeah. Right. Like pretty much everyone's idol, but it, specifically they do mention like Lou loves him. Right. He wants to be him. He wants to be better than him. Yep. And like he gets his chance to like hang out with his idol and compete, be the top three in the world with yeah. your idol. Right. Even if he does rib you, like you probably know that's his personality and you're prepared for it in and some way, at least. Th- there was a moment in, in the competition, like uh, at the end of the competition where it's like Serge, Lou and Arnold on the stage, like before they, they announced the winners. And um, for the longest time, there's Arnold like whispers something to Lou. Yeah. And I thought it was him messing with him. I think maybe it was Arnold telling Lou what they were saying over the PA system. That makes sense because Lou can't hear. Once I realized that and I kind of interpreted it, I felt like some relief. Yeah. Like that Arnold wasn't being a dick 24 hours a day. In front of everyone on stage? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He, yeah. he didn't go that far with like full on public humiliation. Right. Know? Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. I hope that's what it is. Uh, me too. Yes. Anything else, Dave? Um, well, I have some behind the scenes stuff let's, that we can talk about. Let's get behind the scenes. Yes. Um, so... Obviously, we talked about it before. The, the original concept for the film was going to focus on Arnold training to compete for his sixth consecutive Mr. Olympia title. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year was going to be different because he's going to go up against Lou Ferrigno, a guy who's already won Mr. Universe. And it didn't work out because he's really soft-spoken and shy. And according to Arnold, he went out of his way to portray himself as a villain in the film. Yeah. He claims this was all an act and that this, even the psyching out stuff with Lou backstage was just part of the show uh, about the thing with, with Franco being a child. That was just a joke, too. That yeah. it wasn't it was just for the for the movie. He didn't actually feel that way. And I don't know what to believe, because, you know, how could we? It's it's been right. you know, 48 years. The, the, the truth is, is somewhere in the middle. And the only thing that convinces me that maybe Arnold might be telling the truth is that Lou and Franco stayed friends with him. Right. You know? Yeah. But, you know, he, he said full on on record that he would never do anything to hurt Lou or Franco. He loved them like they were his good friends. And he said that he would always help them, even if it meant him not winning the competition, he would help them. OK. Like those were his exact yeah. words. And I mean, he seemed sincere when he was saying them. And I saw it was like in video footage he was saying this stuff. So I wasn't even taking it out of context. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It, it's hard to know what to believe. He certainly seems like a convincing asshole in this movie. He does. Um, I mean, he does have a, a, a storied acting career. It's true. Maybe he's a so. maybe he's one of the greatest actors who ever lived. You know, <laughs> right, who yeah. knows? And also, like, at, this was about the 1975 Mr. Olympia and Mr. Universe competitions. Um, and the movie didn't come out till 77. And um, the reason it, it was it was so delayed was because of like they George uh, Butler couldn't afford to finish the post production. Oh, um, so in order to finance it, he got Candace Bergen and New York Times art critic Vicky Goldberg to help him arrange this exhibition at the Whitney Museum in New York. And this exhibition was called Articulate Muscle. At the show, Arnold, Ed Corney, and Frank Zane stood in the middle of a gathering of art students and critics, and they performed this posing routine. And while they'd hold their poses, the critics there would compare their physiques to the muscular form in Renaissance art. Oh. The way George Butler tells it, like, this show was this runaway success. And at the end of the night, they had sold enough tickets to pay off his debts and finance Yeah, I wish I was there. Me too. That sounds awesome. I've seen some footage of it, and, like, man, it looks like the best time. 
like Vicky Goldberg is presiding over this like dais of like, you know, art critics from yeah. people all over the world. And they're just like, they're taking the microphone and talking, oh yeah, they're looking at Ed Corny, you know, do his fancy poses. Yeah. And they're just talking, oh yeah, this reminds me of something from Caravaggio. And you yeah. know, so cool. Dude, everyone's probably got their cocktail and their cigarettes yes, and stuff. Of course it did. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yep. A great time. Well, that's awesome. Uh-huh. And there's one other thing about like Charles Gaines. Um, we talked about him having the important role of the film of being the narrator, even though he's kind of like in and out quite yeah. a bit. There's on the DVD they show some real good deleted scenes with where you see Charles Gaines on camera um, with Arnold. They're walking through a park, and it's a great scene that I wish had been left in the movie. Um, he's trying to he's like pleading with Arnold, trying to make him understand that he needs to treat people better. Oh, and like he's really <laughs> giving it to him. And Arnold's just not hearing him. You know, it's it's just like, it's completely like, at one point he says something like, I, I think that if you keep this up, you're going to like uh, prevent yourself from having a real reciprocal human relationship. And Arnold goes, so what? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's like, it's so different than the rest of the movie though. Yeah. So like, uh, I understand why they had to take it out, but it's just, I wanted to highlight that because it was just really cool. <laughs> and then obviously the guys shown in this movie, including Arnold were all anabolic steroid users. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, Arnold to his credit is very open and honest about it. Uh, but he was, he was, says he was on three Diana ball a day. Right. Um, it's, and it's obvious. I mean, th- you don't get this big without yeah. that help. Yeah. You know, and he has said like, yeah, like, I mean, everybody yep. did it. Like we didn't know better at the time. It was like, legal. Like we kind of knew it wasn't the greatest, but uh, yeah, it was legal. Like you said, and right. everyone did it. And like, that's what we did. Yep. You know, it was just the thing. And I mean, like, uh, I, th- there's been obviously like, you know, professional wrestling has had, you know, steroid abuse. I mean, like so many guys have, have yeah. gone to early graves for a lot of reasons in that sport. And it was, it was big in baseball. Of course, we all know about that scandal. Yep. And I, I was really, the, the one thing about Arnold's admission that I liked is that he made an admission. Yeah. Like it, there, there was no dancing around it. The reporter asked him and right. he said, yes, we, we took steroids. Yeah. You know, um, you couldn't tell. I looked like an elephant. I know exactly. I'm built like, I mean like something like that. Even Da Vinci couldn't paint. Yeah. You know, like, like look at me. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. (laughs) Right. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's pumping iron, pumping iron, everybody. (laughs) So Dave, would you recommend? Yes. Yes. Uh, pumping iron is a, one of the, like we, we had a question of the week about like the best document or like the, the documentaries that you watch over and over this one. I don't, I don't know if I said this one on the show, but you know, I should have because it's one I've seen a million times. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Call now. Yeah. This movie's excellent. It's a great documentary. It's, it's an awesome like time capsule. Of oh this. man. Yeah. And the, the aspect of Arnold before being Arnold. Right. Uh, makes it that much more entertaining. Absolutely. Um, so anyone, if you're an Arnold enthusiast or if you just like, documentaries in general check it out um there's a whole lot here yes so yeah definitely recommend and that wraps things up if you like what you heard please subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast rate it review it and most of all share it it gets more dudes listening to the dudes and you go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there yes yeah, so we're on facebook blue sky and instagram look for dudes on movies and our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com that's right and dave we have a question of the week what is the question of the week uh the question of the week what are your favorite movies that feature actors before they were famous that's a good one i like it stay tuned next week when we do 1989's the karate kid part three directed by john g alvidson and starring ralph macchio and pat Morita. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time.